Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. You are listening to Far Rock Live on Blog Talk Radio on today, Friday, September 5th. I'm your host, Shirley Williams, and thank you so much for tuning into the show. The show I plan to do is being canceled in order to pay tribute to my friend, Ronnie Sturdivant, who was murdered this past week in one of his places of business. This is going to be one of the most difficult shows that I've ever had to do. Ronnie was a dear husband to his wife, Diane, and a father of three grown children. And on tomorrow, Saturday, September 6, 2008, a week after his murder, his mother and wife will lay him to rest. I wanted to do this show for a number of reasons, mostly to recognize and honor his memory. I've only known Ronnie for about four years, and he was one of the first business acquaintances I met shortly after moving to Durham, and we've maintained a business relationship ever since. And as a result of our meeting, I eventually had the pleasure of meeting his wife, Diane, who I grew to love and respect over the course of time. To me, Diane exemplifies goddess-like qualities I haven't seen in any other woman I've met. Even through this tragedy, she carries herself with dignity and strength as she's forced to travel this journey. I'm going to do a couple of things differently, and I see I have someone in the chat room already. Um, It's a guest, number 1424, and thank you so much for tuning into the show. I'm going to do something that I haven't done in a long time, and throughout this segment tonight, I'm going to play four songs in their entirety. Sometimes when words seem inadequate to express the pain or heartache that we have to deal with, a song will express those universal feelings so eloquently. This first song that I'm going to play, I want to dedicate it to Ronnie's mother, Mrs. Edna McClendon Sturdivant, and to his wife, Diane Sturdivant, their kids, and the rest of the Sturdivant family. But before I play the song, I'd like to give out the number for callers to call in and also to let you know that the chat room is open if you want to visit us that way as well. The number to call in is 347-202-0207. And this is the first song that I'd like to play. Oh, yeah. 
was Everything is Going to Be All Right by Donald Mallory. And there is a link on this site if you're interested in getting that CD. And I love that song because it is so true. It is so hard for us to deal with the harsh realities of today. You know, it just seems like violence is so prevalent in every community across the United States, across the globe. It's worldwide. And I think that's mostly because, as a society, we're declining as far as respecting ourselves and respecting the value of a human life. You know, and that's almost a whole other show, and I don't want to get too deep off into that because it's such a complex issue. But it's because of that reason that we're dealing with the loss of a good friend, a husband, a father, and a son because of senseless violence. Ronnie cared for people. He heard the cries of those that others chose to ignore. He exemplified what it means to be compassionate. He always made time to talk, to mentor, or give an encouraging word to people. And one of his passions was teaching wealth-building concepts, and he even authored a book on that topic. I've been reading a lot of the blog posts in several of the newspapers and on several other of, of um, other websites, and that's been pretty much the consensus. You know, people really talk about and expound on how much he cared for people, and he did his little part in his way to give back to the community. And to me, in my eyes, he was an unsung hero. I also like to say that I am expecting someone um, from Ronnie's family to call in probably during the 8 o'clock, 8.30 hour. One of the things that came out of this tragedy is a foundation that the family established in his honor, and it's an educational foundation. And someone's going to be calling in to give more detailed information about that. Ronnie was about teaching figurative, figuratively as well as literally. Like I said, he taught financial principles. He taught people how to empower themselves. And one of the things he used to always say to me is that you've got to have multiple streams of income. I rented an office space in one of the buildings that he owned, and from time to time when he was in town, he'd stop by, and we'd sit for hours and just talk. His wisdom astounded me, and I was like a child under his tutelage. I remember on one of those visits, and it was during the fire season in California that, that was making headline news, and that was a couple of months ago, and we were talking about that current event. And we talked, you know, for about maybe 45 minutes or so, and then the, converta- the conversation turned a little bit, it turned from serious to kind of silly because <laughs> we were coming up with all these ideas for protecting people's property from burning to the ground, 
And it just had both of us laughing until we almost cried at some of the ideas that we concocted. And he'd, he'd say, like, oh, that's a good one. I'm going to patent that one. <laughs> but that was characteristic of Ronnie. He was such a visionary and always looking for a good opportunity to multiply his streams of income. And we didn't really take any of those conversations seriously. But, you know, that was just the way Ronnie was. And just before I moved out of that complex a a couple of months ago, Ronnie visited me again. And as usual, we sat down and talked for hours. And this time it was really special because he was giving me pearls of wisdom about life and a particular situation that I happened to be dealing with at that time. He was very encouraging and wouldn't let me declare anything but a positive outcome for that situation. And again, that is so characteristic of Ronnie. I knew him as a man who always had a smile on his face and a word of encouragement to speak into your life. And we can all learn from that. Ronnie didn't live his life in vain. As I said, he touched so many people through his community initiatives because he spoke the universal language of love. And again, I'd like to welcome the guests in the chat room and also open up the phone lines if you would like to call in. The number is 347-202-0207.
that's one of the things that I loved about Ronnie because he loved unconditionally and he loved across the board. I can't imagine what was in the mind of the person who took his life from us, but I know he certainly wasn't exhibiting love. And that's indicative, unfortunately, of the way society is becoming today. We have got to start not only talking about it, but we have to start showing love to one another and reaching out and helping each other. It's so many people who are brokenhearted, disillusioned, distraught, angry, for a lot of different reasons. And Ronnie never turned away from those people. He always opened up his heart and embraced anybody that he came into contact with. And he exuded love and genuine compassion for everybody who he met. One, um, when I found out about um, Ronnie's death, it was actually it was this week, it was Monday, and such a tragic incident is no doubt at all shocking. And when it happens to somebody that you know personally, somebody that you're close to, it's even more devastating. It took me a couple of days to come to grips with that reality that Ronnie was no longer going to be a presence on this earth. And once I got over that, my heart went out to his wife, Diane, and, of course, to the rest of his family. Um, I was at a meeting yesterday, and I had the opportunity. Uh, the meeting was held at the Divinity School, and I've been to meetings in this building countless times. I've never seen this prayer chapel that they had um, when I was coming upstairs from the meeting. And so my heart was so heavy, and I wanted to cancel the show today, um, but I just thought it would be better to just carry on and do the show as usual because one of the things Ronnie always said is don't quit, don't give up. So, But my heart was so heavy with grief and mourning for his family that I, I went into this chapel to pray, and they had a bunch of literature in there as well. And I picked up a couple of the booklets, and one of the booklets was entitled When a Relationship Ends. And I'd like to read um, some of the highlights. I'm not going to read the whole booklet. It's only about four or five pages. But it just gives a different perspective on you know how to deal with when relationships end, and not just the death of a loved one, but, you know, relation, we have all types of relationships that we're involved in. You know, it could be a work relationship. It could be um, a relationship that you've had to a place and you have to leave that place and go move somewhere else. And so one of the things, and this, this booklet is called When a Relationship Ends, and the author of it is Greg Friedman. When are endings ever right or easy? When we have to say goodbye to someone who has been close to us, we really are saying goodbye to a part of our dreams, part of our life, part of our very self. And it says, perhaps you are struggling to cope with a relationship ended by death or divorce, or maybe you're experiencing the breakup of a friendship or an engagement, the ending of a job or moving to another place or retiring. 
and pain can definitely be associated with saying any kind of goodbyes. And so it gives ways on working through your grief and your pain. And some of the bullet points, and I'm not going to read all of the details underneath each bullet point, is in the steps that we can implement to deal with and cope with our loss is to realize that the stages of grief, that there are stages of grief that accompanies any ending. And we do go through stages, you know, the initial shock, then after the shock you get angry, and then, you know, you deal with the actual loss. Because that loss creates a vacancy, it's a void in your life. It's an emptiness there now, and you have to deal with that. And in this case, we're dealing, Diane has to deal with the loss, the emptiness of her husband. The kids have to deal with the emptiness of their father not being there. The mother, God bless her soul, has to deal with the loss of a son. I can't even imagine what that pain is like having to bury your own child. It goes on to say another bullet point is to accept that endings happen. Well, you know, we really don't have much choice, and people deal with grief and loss in their own way. They don't all, we don't all grieve the same way, and so we have to allow a person to feel and express their grief in their own unique way and still embrace them in it, support them, and love them unconditionally until they come through. And this one I thought was a little interesting because it says consider your choices. And I'm going to read a little bit from that bullet point. And it says that you do have choices. That might not always be obvious when the ending is all you can think about. And he goes on to talk about an illustration in his life and some choices that this person had to make when her marriage ended. talked about I guess she was in extreme denial and that he had to, you know to offer some comfort and sometimes people tend to withdraw from life I've seen that happen too many times you know and I'm not saying that that is the case this time because I know Diane is a strong woman and she's got a strong foundation in her family that's surrounding her during this time and they're supporting and lifting each other up. But sometimes we get stuck in one of those stages, and it's hard to move beyond that. And that's okay. But I think one of the most important, and I had to deal with grief in my life also. I lost both of my parents within 10 months of each other. That was the major, when my mother died first, and my father died 10 months later, those two deaths were the major deaths in our family. And it took us, uh, the, the reality of it took almost a week for us to come to the reality, you know, that we were dealing with this issue with this death. And, um, you know, we kind of got stuck in that mode of disbelief. 
and my aunt and my cousins and them had to finally come in and take over. And it's like, okay, you know, it's it's been a while. We need to start doing whatever we needed to do, whatever they needed to do to make the preparations for the funeral. And I thank God for that because we didn't have any experience. That, Like I said, that was our first major death in our family. And I thank God that Diane and her her kids are not dealing with this alone. Like I said, she's got a strong foundation, and her family is around her. And I'm just so grateful for that. And then another point that it makes in this brochure is to befriend your feelings. It says feelings are not personal, and no one can tell you how to feel. Not your mother, not your best friend. Only you know the implications of what's happened. And I find that to be true. Um, a, a few times, you know, when other experiences that people have gone through with death, you know, I've heard people say, okay, well, it's been six months now. You know, it's time to get on with your life. You know, who puts a timetable on that? You can't tell somebody what they're feeling and how to feel and, okay, well, this happened six months ago, now it's time for you to move on. I think that is just so not compassionate at all because we people feel and grieve in their own way. And we have someone else that joined the chat room, Career Crushers. Thank you for joining the chat room. I appreciate your presence. And on that note, I'll take the opportunity to give the call-in number out again for anyone who's listening or may want to call in and add a comment. Um, You know, this is a topic, yes, we're here to pay tribute to Ronnie Sturdivant, but the issue that brought us to this point is the issue of violence. And we as a community need to do whatever we have to do to stop the violence. When I first heard about Ronnie's murder, my first thought was, you know, that, okay, some of these young thugs tried to rob him and killed him. That wasn't the case. It was an adult, an older man that killed him. And you would think, you know, Okay, I'm not going to say that. That is that leads into another issue of anger management. And I think I said this before. We it's so many people walking around angry. And look, it's like just make my day, just give me a reason. Like I said, I don't know what was in that guy's mind. Some of the press that I've read about this guy indicates that he did have some violent tendency, and I'm assuming, because uh, I don't know the guy, and I'm just going by some of the things that I've read from newspaper articles and some of the blogs that's been um, posted on some of the different sites. So we have got to find a way as a community and on an individual personal level to reach people on a deeper level than what we see, because this thing, this violent thing, that's a mindset, and that's something that's deeply embedded in in a person. You know, it's so much senseless crimes going on, and it seems like, unfortunately, life does not hold the value 
that it once was. It seems like it's just so easy these days for somebody to take a human being's life in a split second without a thought of the implications that action will have down the line. Not only have you murdered a human being, but now your family has to deal with the consequences of you going to jail probably for the rest of your life, probably facing a death penalty, not to say what the family of that victim has to deal with for the rest of their lives. I see I have a caller on the line, and I will get to that caller in a moment. But the point that I want to make is that it only takes a split second to make a life or death decision. And once you've acted in that split second, you can't change what's already happened. You can't say, I'm sorry, okay, let's do this over. No, that is a finite decision when you decide to pull a trigger and shoot somebody, stab somebody, or whatever the case is that causes an individual to take another life. I was listening to something um, earlier this week also, and it actually was a session going on with a group of kids, and they were talking about the gang violence, which we hear so much about. Um, And they were talking about the gang violence, which we hear so much about, and one of the, the youth that was in this particular group said that, um, you know, because they live in such a rough neighborhood and violence is like almost an everyday occurrence in that particular area. And I guess, you know, sometimes people get so anesthetized to it that they really don't have any feelings. But with this young man, what he was saying, that the, the, the neighborhood is so infested with gangs also, and sometimes in order to survive in that neighborhood, you have to join these gangs. And one of his friends was approached by the gang members, and they told him, well, either, you know, and we know the story because we hear this all the time, that either you join the gang or we're going to do this to you or we're going to do that to you or your family. And so, you know, one of the initiation things for this youth was, of course, to go out and shoot somebody. And sad to say, he did. You know, and that will probably be another one of those unsolved crimes. So, you know, the news would have us to think that it's always black-on-black crimes, and it's not. It's a, it's a spiritual warfare, and it's a crime against humanity. It's not only people of color killing people of color. Crime knows no color. It can happen in some of the most affluent neighborhoods in this country as well as some of the most poor neighborhoods in this country. So it's not just an issue that people of color deal with or communities that are low income have to deal with. We have all kinds of crime and violent acts being committed against everybody, all ages, all groups, all races. We have sexual abuse, we have child abuse, we have domestic violence. All of those issues need to be dealt with on a personal, a grassroots, a community-based level. 
And we all have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to demonstrate through our lives and through learning and through teaching others how to love and respect our fellow man. And first and foremost, if we don't love and respect ourselves, we can't show love and respect for anybody else. And that's key. We have got to start loving ourselves and loving the uniqueness that we bring into this world. Again, the number to call in if you'd like to make a comment is 343, I'm sorry, 347-202-0207. And so this next song that I'm going to play, I want to dedicate this to the listening audience because this song speaks about the human value in God's eyes, in heaven's eyes. Nobody's a loser in heaven's eyes. God loves us all, but again, we have to start loving ourselves.
Ronnie bothered to show compassion. He was never too arrogant that he couldn't reach down to lift someone up. In Ronnie's eyes, no one was a loser or a hopeless cause. Ronnie owns some property here in the Durham, North Carolina area, and one of his properties unfortunately the one um, where he was murdered, used to be a hotel. I wasn't in Durham at the time, but like I said, from some of the things that I read on a blog and from some people who knew him and some of the stories that I heard about him, he used that hotel to help those who were downtrodden, those who wouldn't otherwise have a place to stay. Ronnie made sure that they had a place to stay in his hotel. I'd like to um, read a little bit from his uh, obituary that was published in today's Herald Sun newspaper. And um, it goes on to say that Ronnie Leon Sturdivant, a well-known entrepreneur, passed into eternity on August 30, 2008. Ronnie was a faithful servant of the Lord. He was the recipient of numerous awards and recognitions, including but not limited to the Minority Business of the Year Award, the Trendsetter Award. He was definitely a trendsetter. He was a one-man cavalry, and that's one of the things that I really liked about Ronnie, that he was a man of conviction. And when he made his mind up about something, you couldn't change him. So he was definitely a trendsetter, and him receiving that award was definitely, um, he definitely deserved it. Again, during his lifetime, Ronnie helped many others to lead empowered, successful lives, and he was really impassionate about teaching people to rise above their economic standards. He incorporated a campaign for wealth which he was very, very passionate about. As a matter of fact, Ronnie was on my show probably, I think, last month. He did my In the Spirit show, and his show was the second highest download show that I've done over the five-month period. And his show passed the 100-mark download four days after we did it. And I'm going to feature it again um, probably this week. So he employed hundreds of people and taught money strategies to many. And he also hosted a contingency of world-class athletes from around the globe for the Pan-African Games, as well as served as wealth management presenter 
at the Blacks in Government Annual National Conference. Also, he was known for his visionary qualities, his unyielding determination, and business ingenuity. Ronnie's charismatic smile, energetic and passionate worth ethics inspired people of all walks of life. I want to say from my heart to yours that our life is but a snapshot. We are all on this earth for a reason and a season. I truly believe that in the four years I've known Ronnie, he was definitely a man after God's own heart. And he completed his season. It may seem to us that his season ended prematurely because of the way he died. Yes, to us, his death was untimely. But God's ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts higher than our thoughts. And I'm glad that his legacy will continue through the educational foundation that his family established in his honor. And and like I said, I do expect someone from the family to be calling in probably around 8.30 or so. I'm thankful that I had the opportunity to make his acquaintance. And I pray for his family. I pray and I know that they will treasure all the memories that they have and will hold him in their hearts. Ronnie exemplified all that a man should be through his actions. And like I said earlier, he was a man of conviction and he genuinely cared for people. And yes, he will be deeply missed. But while he was here on earth, he set a standard that we should all follow. Love your neighbors as you love yourself. And Ronnie did that. He embraced everybody. And he always had a smile and a word for anybody that came into his presence. And to the listening audience, I'd like to say that violence is never, ever a solution to a problem. And I'll reiterate this. It only takes a split second to make a life or death decision that will change the rest of your life and the lives of those impacted by your decision. So always choose life and take that split second to assess your actions. And it's it's nothing wrong with walking away from a situation if it appears to be getting out of control. Trust me, I will run in a minute before, you know, I don't I don't like to argue. I try to live my life as peaceably as I can, and Ronnie demonstrated that as far as I know 
him. He was always a peaceful man. So I just ask the listening audience and the people of Durham to just keep his family lifted up in prayer during this tragic time that they're forced to deal with. And at the same time, in your own lives, when you're confronted in a situation that could escalate into something else, don't be ashamed to walk away. You don't have anything to prove. I can almost guarantee you that that person who committed this crime against Ronnie sitting in jail right now is probably thinking he wished he had made another decision and acted in a different way. Because from what I understand, they are probably trying to seek the death penalty against him. We have to appreciate life for what it is. Sometimes it's so easy for us to get caught up in the hype, in the rhetoric, in following the norm and trying to keep up with the crowd and doing what everybody else does. And I'm talking to the young kids right now. You know, you want to hang out with these people. You want to be cool. And like I illustrated with this young man's friend, you know, in order to fit in, you do things that you wouldn't normally do. If you find yourself in a compromising situation, seek help. Don't be afraid to tell somebody to seek help, protection from an adult and a law enforcement official if it comes to that. Don't ever use violence as a means to solve a problem because you're going to end up paying for your actions in the long run. Just like that young kid who may have, I don't know, because I don't know the actual story. I'm just going by what this kid said, you know, who may have killed some innocent person. You know, that kid and the guy that was telling the story couldn't have been no more than 14, 15 years old, and I'm assuming that his friend was in that same age range. Can you imagine what that kid is going to have to deal with the rest of his life, knowing that he took another human being's life. And unfortunately, if he stays in that environment, he'll most likely end up being so hard and callous, you know, that it doesn't even matter anymore. And sometimes it's just so easy for people to do things like that. And that's a heart and heart. And how do we reach those people? What is it going to take to get through? We all have a responsibility, the government, the schools, the parents. First and foremost, the parents have to be examples in their homes. We have to, it's our responsibility to teach our kids. We have to show love, we have to demonstrate love, 
in the homes as well as in the communities because our kids emulate what they see in the homes. Now, in, in this case with Ronnie, it was an adult. We don't know what that man's issues were. You know, there were allegations that he was violent with his wife. And a lot of times, a, a lot of what we experience in life, a lot of our attitudes, a lot of our beliefs stem from the environment that we grew up in. Who's to say that that man wasn't a victim of violence when he was growing up? He may have grew up in a household with abusive parents. Granted, that may have been the case, but as an adult, it's still, to me, no excuse to senselessly take another human being's life. And to the young people, you have options. There's always, you always, and I stress this to my kids all the time when they were growing up, you always, always have an option. Again, all you have to do is just take that split second and think, and if you need to run, we call it getting on a cue, footy, footy, and run away from that situation and get help if you need to get help. We have got to stop this violence. What kind of society of people are we breeding? What kind of society are we living in when the human life has no value? Violence touches us all. Some, some of us more personally than others. But it, like I said, and I can't emphasize this enough, it is all of our responsibilities. As adults, we live in areas, some of us live in areas that are not too great. When you see kids that are acting out, take a moment and talk to that child. Share your wisdom with that child. Mentor that child. One of the things that I used to do when I was raising my kids as a single parent, whenever I took my kids somewhere to the zoo, to the park, or some event or activity, I would have a carload of everybody else's kids because I believe kids need to be exposed to different environments outside of their everyday element. They need to see a life outside of the ghettos. They need to see a life. They need to see how people live outside of their normal demographics. We hear far too often about crimes being committed against innocent people. And like I said, it affects us all. And I see another guest has joined us in the chat room. I don't know if they're just listening. If you'd like to type in a comment, if you have something to say, please feel free to do so.
So we're here tonight to pay tribute to an unsung hero here in the Durham, North Carolina area, Mr. Ronnie Sternevent. I have a caller on the line. Um, let me get this person. Hold on, please. Hello, caller from the 919 area code. Hello, I'm caller from the 919 area code. Yes, hello. Hi. You're Hi, on. how are you? I'm fine. You're Good. on Rock Live. Who am I speaking to, please? This is Arwen Palmer. How are you? I, I'm doing well. Do you have a uh, comment? Would you like to voice your opinion about our topic for today? I'm calling concerning the event about Ronnie Sturdivant. Yes. Okay. Um, I was told to call and let, just to say some things about Ronnie. He is a he was a great person. I've known him since 1979. Um, he was one of the top people for the um, A.L. Williams uh, insurance program that was out some years ago. And um, he's pretty well known in, in this area for his uh, perseverance and getting people motivated. And uh, it, it was just a pleasure to see how he was able to just get in there and get people motivated to do things. And he kept that. And, of course, he and I both being a member of the Church of Christ, uh, I saw the same kind of motivation that he would do to people, trying to help them to understand or see a vision that perhaps they were aware of, but just hadn't really gotten to that, and, and that's the kind of person that Ronnie was. He was he was very determined to achieve his goals, and of course, people can see that as you know as you continue to look at the things that he has done. Right, and not only his goals, but like you said, he had a way of trying to bring out the best in everybody. Because he well, he didn't believe he didn't believe in being negative. Mm-hmm. Okay, even though there were negative circumstances that that his all of us. And I'm sure, I'm sure you, everybody knows there was probably negative circumstances that hit him as well. Mm-hmm. But he didn't believe in dwelling on them. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's one of the things that I had pointed out earlier um, in one of our last meetings. I was going through a situation, and I was a little bit down and out and negative, but he would not let me stay there. He did everything he could to encourage, and he did. You know, he just would not accept the negativity at all. You know, there's a there's a scripture um, in the Bible that says where there's no vision, the people perish. Sometimes there are visions to be seen, but everybody does not see them. Mm-hmm. And there are individuals who have privy to that vision, and when they're trying to share that vision with people, they don't often see it the way the person that has seen the vision does. And so Ronnie was the kind of person that there were things that he saw that other people perhaps did not see it and they didn't they definitely didn't see it the way that he did and even though they would you know kind of be in opposition of it but he still maintained his position he still maintained his conviction and you could go and talk to him 5 years later he still had that same <laughs> conviction absolutely and sooner or later you may come around to that conviction <laughs> So that's the kind of person that he was. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. at, at some point, you're going to have to believe in what he believed. Exactly. In. Because he was so passionate. Exactly. And by exactly. whatever he he saw, mm-hmm. you know, his vision. And that's what God put in him, and that's why he stood by his convictions. 
And they were never, and, and when, he was, when he would talk about that vision, it was never from a negative point of view from him, you know, because he always had a smile about it. Yes. I mean, you know, you might get upset because you're tired of hearing it, but he kept smiling about it. <laughs> Showing and all eventually, <laughs> yeah, eventually you might say, hey, man, I got your point. <laughs> you know, I think it was Barack Obama that said the other night when he was talking and, and, and doing his speech, he said, I get it. And sooner or later when you're talking with Ronna, you may eventually say, I get it now. Yeah. I get it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And, and thank you so much for calling in with your comments. I really do appreciate it. My pleasure. Have a good evening. You as well. Thank you. Bye-bye. And that caller was from the Durham, North Carolina area, and I thank her so much for calling in with her comments and sharing um, her experiences with Ronnie. Like I said, he was a dynamic person. Um, given a little more time, he probably he he was a community activist in his own right. Um, you know, especially again, he was so passionate about uh, his campaign for wealth that he did some outlandish things to make his point, but he most definitely got his point across. So if anyone else is interested in calling in or joining in on the chat room, the chat room is open. I see we have another guest in the chat room. Uh, if you'd like to go ahead and submit a comment, if, you, um, if you're in a chat room or if you're just listening in, that's okay as well. The number to call in if you'd like to... Show your love and share some of your experiences with Ronnie and how he's touched your life. The number to call is 347-202-0207. So we have about 26 more minutes to the show. Um, I didn't realize at the time that I set this show up that they were having the viewing again tonight um, for Ronnie. And for those of you who are listening and don't have the information, his funeral will be tomorrow. I, I believe it's going to be at 1 o'clock at um, the church is the Coal Mill Road Church of Christ. And it's located at 1617 Coal Mill Road, and that's here in the Durham, North Carolina area. And the intermittent will follow at the Beechwood Cemetery. And the family will be receiving friends beginning at 11 o'clock at the church tomorrow. And in lieu of flowers, the family is asking for donations to be made to the Ronnie Sturdivant Memorial Education Fund, and you can mail a check or a money order in to them uh, at 212 North Kokorian Street, and I'll spell Kokorian for you. That's C-O-R-C-O-R-A-N Street in Durham, North Carolina, and the zip code is 27701. So at this time, I'm still um, hoping to hear from one of the representatives from his family. 
so that they can give us a little more information about the educational fund. But I certainly understand if she doesn't get a chance to call in because they have family here in town from all over. So uh, they're definitely preoccupied with that, and that's definitely a priority for them. And we can get more information about uh, the Educational Memorial Fund for Ronnie Sturdivant. And as soon as I get that information, I will post it on my website at uh, HTTP net. You're listening to Far Rock Live, and I'm your host, Shirley Williams, and thank you so much for tuning in to this tribute to an unsung hero here in Durham, North Carolina, Mr. Ronnie Sturdivant. So at this time, I'm going to go ahead and play uh, one more song, and this song, I am going to dedicate it to Ronnie's um, wife, Diane, as well as his mother.
all know who that voice is. That was Mahalia Jackson. Another one of the brochures that I picked up um, the other day at the chapel talks about a time of grief, and it gives some short prayers for healing. One of the things that, and I know that Ronnie was such a man of God, and he exemplified that in his life, and his wife is a strong woman in the Lord as well as their children. And so I know they realize and embrace the importance of having a strong prayer life. And that's one of the things that's very important, and it that's where we get our strength and our comfort and our peace, which surpasses all understanding. We can't get stuck in why this happened. You know, things happen that are beyond our control. But we have to always stay in the presence of God for our comfort until this thing passes, until we get to that next stage in the grief process where we accept the fact and then start dealing with the loss of that loved one or the end of that relationship. And again, that may take as long as necessary for some people. It may be longer for other people, it may be shorter. It's a difficult time right now because they have to, the family has to deal with the funeral and the aftermath of that for the next couple of days or the next week or so, and then go back to living their lives and as normally as they possibly can with this void. And during that time is when they're going to really need their family and their friends to support them and to be there for them unconditionally and not rush them to hurry up and move past this and deal with this and deal with that. No doubt Diane and her kids are going to have a lot of things to deal with because Ronnie was an entrepreneur, and he was a very prominent citizen in our community. So the only thing I want to do is encourage Diane in her time to embrace the people that are there to support you and lean on them for your strength as well. Don't try to go this by yourself. Don't try to do it on your own. You don't have to be a, a, a superwoman. You don't have to deny what you're feeling. You know, express yourself, talk about it, um, yell, scream, holler, get angry, <laughs> you know, whatever you need to do to deal with this and to cope with this after this is all over and said over and done with and everybody's gone home and um, all the festivities has ended. I have another caller on the line from the 704 area code. Caller, thank you for calling in. Yes. My name is Cynthia Huntley. I am Ronnie Sturdivant's sister. 
Oh, God bless you, my sister. <laughs> Ronnie, what can I say about my dear brother? There's so much that I could say. He was a man of God. He loved people. And he was such an inspiration to me. I'm, I'm a year younger than he. And he was precious in gold. He loved people. Yes, he did. He, anybody that he could help, he would be there for them. Always. Always. And if he called me and I didn't, I didn't laugh when I picked up the phone, he would always make sure that I had a smile on my face before <laughs> I hung up the phone. Well, you can see the smile on his face through the phone. Yes, you he can. He was always smiling. He was life. Yes. And you know, uh, he lived life, and he gave life to others. Anybody that was around him, he gave them life that they may live and live it more abundantly if they would receive him. He didn't believe in failure. He believed in winning. He was destined to win, and he did not take no for an answer. If it was in his vision, he felt that he could do all things through Christ Jesus. And he knew that, and he lived that every day. He was very special to me, and he's going to be greatly missed. No doubt at all. He was special to a lot of people. He touched so many people's lives and changed a lot of people's lives as well. As well. And what the, the enemy meant, for evil, God turned it in for good. Mm-hmm. The book that he wrote shall live on. Oh, yes. And if anybody won't read that book, they shall have life and have it more abundantly. Absolutely. As God said in his word, we shall have life and have it more abundantly. As a matter and of fact. that was what he lived. Yes, he did. And as a matter of fact, I was working with him on that book. I was doing some editing and some rewrites. Um, on him with that book So I'm glad you mentioned it Because the book is in its first printing right now And I'm sure that they can contact If anybody is interested in getting a copy of that book You can probably write to the address Where the memorial fund is set up Because I believe that's where the headquarters office yes. is anyway, yes. At um, yes. 212 North Kokorian Street in Durham, North Carolina To get a copy of that book that's correct. You can. And also, he's doing a memorial fund, and those funds will be used for young people to educate, help for education of those young for young people that uh, parents can't afford to send them to college. He's working their, the funds for any donation, uh, any flowers. Instead of sending flowers, sending funds to assist in growing what Ronnie has established, and that is life. Amen. Because he had such a passion for the youth, too. A lot yes. of times when, when I had meetings with him, he's like, well, I'm meeting with this youth, so I have to get back to you. <laughs> you know, yes. he had his priorities straight, you know. Yes. He always um, mentored. He was always mentoring some young person. Yes. He set his goals high. And when he set his goals, he made sure he would do everything in his power to, to try to accomplish those goals. Failure wasn't in his vocabulary. It was always winning. He was destined to win. Oh, definitely. Destined to win. Ronnie had what it took to win. 
he no, didn't he, quit. He, he was he was a winner because, like you said, everything he set out to do, he accomplished, and that's he, a winner. He accomplished it. He yeah. accomplished it. He, he accomplished it. He he went in running. He didn't never try. He went in running, and he would run the race with patience. You never knew when he was having a bad day because he didn't show it. He always expressed love, and 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 in him expressing love, he overcame the world, the evil. He overcame that. He didn't worry about people. He was destined to win. He had what it took to win. He most certainly did. And thank and you. Mm-hmm. And I I just love my brother. I just love my brother. And uh, he's gonna be. He will always be my hero. He will no live in my heart forever. No doubt. And he was definitely my hero. And I looked up to him. I learned so much from him. And yes, he will be missed. But like you said, we will always carry him in our heart. His his life will live on. Definitely. His life will live on. He will continue to live in the lives of the people that loved him and cared for him because he was life. Absolutely. Every day he lived his life. He lived it to the fullest that if that day God took him home, that he was ready. Yes. Yes. We and may we not have Thank been God ready. that he, we know that we'll see him again yeah. in that great day. Absolutely. We may not have been ready for him to leave this earth physically, but God had another plan. And like you said, his legacy will live on, and we're going to do everything yes. that we can to make sure, because he did Durham proud by reaching out to those people who nobody else would. You know, yes. nobody cared yes. about people would turn their back on, and Ronnie didn't discriminate. He you didn't know, discriminate. He loved Everybody was somebody. Exactly, exactly. And he loved and embraced everybody. He embraced life with a smile every day. Absolutely. His arms was open wide to receive whatever God had for him. Absolutely. And, and I know someone else is trying to call in, but I just want to say that I thank God for God giving to me to him and him to me Absolutely. for 52 years. Absolutely. And I am the next. I am next to him. We, he was, I was young, one year younger than him, and we've always, even though he had moved to Durham, North Carolina, uh, his home was in Polkton, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Every Christmas he'd come home, he'd spend the night with me, and uh, he'd always cook my breakfast, always uplifting, always made sure we got up and ate, and ate because he, he had a schedule, and he tried his best to keep his schedule. No matter where he went, he tried to do that that he set out to do. We just thank God for him, and we love him dearly. Marvelous human being. (laughs) Okay, I know someone else is trying to call in. Okay, well, you so my brother, I love him, and he will always be in my heart. He was my hero. And we love you, too, and thank you so much for calling in and sharing your thoughts. We appreciate it. And just stay in the peace of God through this time. I know it's a difficult time for your family. Yes. Thank you so very much. God bless. Thank you. Bye-bye. God bless. That was his younger sister calling in to share her thoughts about her big brother, Ronnie Sturdivant. And he cooks, too. Well, he cooked, too. So that's a memorable 
a cherished, a treasure that she'll keep in her heart um, forever. I'm going to take a few minutes and play another one of these songs. And um, I'll play this one for the sister that just called in and the rest of the family as well. Yes, we're trying to get tuned in to the to the, the number. What is the call number for the station? You've reached the station. You're on the air. Yes, but what is the number? Okay, the number the... is three four seven. No, I'm saying to to pull it up to turn up turn it to the radio station itself. Um, online. Yes. Okay, you have to go to www. dot blog b l o g talk radio all one word dot com and then the backslash but if I'm going to listen to it on the radio yes and I'm telling you how to do that so it's www okay. let me get something right with I'm so sorry okay www.blogtalkradio.com dot com Far, it's Far Rock Live, but it's F A R dash R O C K dash L I V E. And if you give me a moment to get on my other computer, I can give you the exact location. And I have somebody else calling in from the seven. Okay. That's me, I think. I have another caller. Okay, so you got the Blog Talk Radio uh, backslash Far Rock Live. Okay, www. dot. Hello. Yes. Okay. Hello. Yes. What is this radio station? Okay, it's www. Blog B L O G Talk T A L K. Radio R A D I O dot com C O M uh-huh. the backslash F A R dash R O C K dash L I V E. Okay. Okay, and then when you get on and then when you get to the site you just click on it should be orange so you can 
the show is already on. Um, actually, I can send the link right now to Diane's email address. Uh-huh. Can you access that now? I don't think it's a computer in here, but um, yeah, I don't have like a, a radio station and like a number on the video. Well, it's a, it's an internet radio station, and the call in number is the number that you guys are calling in now. So you are we're on the air now. <laughs> we're on the air now, and I will send the the link to um, Diane's email address because that's the only address I have right now. And you guys can always pull it up and listen to the archived um, segment as well. Okay. Okay. So if, right. you're not, if you're not in front of a computer right now, then can, ma'am, can you hear me, ma'am? Yes, I have. I have another caller on the line from the 704 area code as well. Okay. Yes. Send it to this email address. Okay. Creative. Hold okay. Hold on one second. Let me. Um, Okay, and who and who am I speaking to now? This is uh, Ronnie's sister, Crystal. Okay, Crystal, how are you doing? Great. Okay, uh, under the circumstances. Control C. Okay. Get to the email right now. I just needed to. Um, and we have about 60 seconds left to the show, but that's okay. Oh, God, I missed it. I tried. That's we a, tried. No, 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 because no, you can still listen to it, so that's not a problem. Okay. And um, we're on air now, so you'll hear all this conversation as well. Okay, so come on. Now, what email address am, am I sending it to? Creative. Okay, let me just paste the link in. C-R-E-A-T-I-V-E? Yes. Blessing. Blessing? Yes. Creative. At Yahoo. At Yahoo.com. Okay. I just sent it to you. Okay. And I, I can get everybody it. over here to listen at it. Okay, no problem. Right. And I thank, thank you. you so much for calling in and just stay strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Okay? Thank you. And give All my right, love to you. Diane. I will. Okay. Have a Bye. blessed evening. Mm-hmm. And that is gonna do it for our show tonight. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I'd like to thank all of our guests who visited the sh- the chat room tonight. Um thank you so much for listening in. This is your host, Shirley Williams, and you've been listening to Far Rock Live on Blog Talk Radio. And I'd like to also say that I am going to re-air this show tomorrow on the In the Spirit broadcast at 4.30 tomorrow. Ronnie's funeral is at 1 o'clock tomorrow on Saturday, May 6th, if anyone is interested in attending. Again, it's going to be at... The Coal Mill Road, Church of Christ, 1617 Coal Mill Road, and that's in Durham, North Carolina. And the church, uh, the family is going to be receiving visitors at 11 o'clock at the church. So please do, if you have an opportunity, go by and show your love and support for Ronnie's family. And we're going to close out with Mahalia Jackson.
Good night.